Hey, real quick, I just wanted you to know that you do not have to watch Married at First Sight to get into these episodes, okay? So here's the secret. I use Mavs, Married at First Sight, as a launch pad to have deeper discussion about the behaviors that we are seeing with these people. And honestly, there's a character on Mavs this season. Her name is Jasmine. I'm like, I am her. She is me. Okay. Especially before I did all of the work. So it is a chance to have a deeper discussion about behaviors and not for nothing. Me and my guests may talk about how we don't believe these people belong together or that they will stay married. The reality is I actually understand why they are having these behaviors. And it's just interesting to watch because it's like you're having these behaviors and you can't um, move the relationship along because you actually haven't done any work. In my opinion, right? I don't know these people, but that is what I'm seeing, especially because I can say, oh, yeah, I used to be that way before I did the work. And there's a lot of things that I still do that I feel like I will not be able to heal until I am in a serious relationship. There's just things that I believe that I won't be able to work through until I'm working through it in real time when I'm in a relationship. So I just wanted you to know that. And also the title of this episode is my favorite discussion that we had, right? And we actually have that discussion. So it's not just all about married at first sight and these couples. I go deeper with the behaviors. And so what I did for you is I timestamped all of the, the discussions that we have. So all you have to do is look in the show notes and you will see the timestamps. So you know, oh, okay, that particular discussion is coming up. So I don't know if you like to skip around in podcasts or not, but that is why I did that. So, you know, this isn't just going to be about, will these couples stay married or will they not? And we don't like these couples together or whatever. I mean, we talk about that too. But again, we take those behaviors that we're watching and we go deeper. All right, let's get into the episode. I was the girl who was like, yeah, N-words ain't ish. That attitude of y'all just can't get it together. And then when I would find a guy that I deemed was worth it, I put him on the pedestal. Your life hasn't started yet. Where's your husband? Like what you're wasting time. You have wasted 38 years of your life and you don't have a MRS degree. For me, I felt like that was put on me. Welcome to season three of Single You, the podcast. That is what your ears have tuned into, okay? My name is Rika. I am your host, and I am a certified life and success coach. That is the hat that I use to execute this podcast. But with that said, girl, I am no expert. Mm -mm. While I do take this seriously and I do move with intention, I'm not the expert. I speak through my lens as a single black woman with no kids who's been through some things, okay? So welcome to season three. Now, the first two seasons of Single You have been about the journey into a toxic, abusive relationship, whether that been spiritually, financially, physically, or emotionally. And then the journey out and into healing. We've heard many stories, even my own stories, and they served a specific purpose. And those shows will always be here on this platform. But now it's time to pivot. It's 2023. I want to go on a journey of proving that a marriage can be healthy. People can 
be happy in a monogamous relationship. It just all depends on the truth we tell ourselves and the work that we do. I speak to the black woman of faith who desires marriage, who wants to date with intention. That's who I'm talking to. When I'm speaking, that is who I'm envisioning in my mind. Now, if you don't fit into that box and you think that I'm speaking to you, welcome to Single You, the podcast. Don't turn it off. Welcome. Okay, here we go. Let's get into the episode. All right. So on this episode of Single You, the podcast, we, of course, are going to have Mav's commentary, and that's Married at First Sight. Now, this is going to be with uh, my friend Cameo, Ms. Cameo King, of course, who has been on the podcast before. Um, and, and just so you know, okay, right, I always love to preference these conversations with this little disclaimer. We are not experts. Um, we just been through some things. We are speaking through our lens. Um, and then also we don't know these people, not at all. And so we're not here to drag them and what have you. It is just this. We watch a lot of TV, right? A lot of TV. Um, millennials, we grew up with the Fresh Prince and Martin and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Um, for better or for worse, that's how we learned about relationships. Uh, as you know, the previous seasons of Single You, the podcast, I always asked, you know, did anybody have a conversation with you about uh, what's a healthy relationship and 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 um, an unhealthy relationship and red flags? And, you know, 98% of my guests always said, no, nobody had that conversation. So I decided, you know, um, that throughout this season 16 of Married at First Sight that I would bring um, my friends uh, on the show to have this conversation about what we're seeing um, with these three Black women who are in this Married at First Sight scenario how we apply it to our real life, what would we do if we put our shoes on and try to walk in their shoes and our lens and how we apply it to real life and just have the conversation because it's fun. <laughs> um, and we don't do this enough with our friends. I mean, how many friends of yours are you having a conversation, a real honest conversation about relationships, about what you're seeing on TV? Because again, quiet as it's kept, we learn through what we are seeing what we are watching on TV, what we are seeing around us. And I just don't believe that we are having enough of those conversations. So anyway, uh, on this episode, we are going to go up to episode eight for Married at First Sight. And with that said, let's bring Cameo King to the room. Hey, Cam Cam. Hey. Look, it looks like we're matching, oh, too. We, we got the pink memo. Okay, look. look. We didn't even plan that. Look at that. Look at us. You know? We did. Um, we did. I have enjoyed <laughs> watch you in real time via text catch up with where I am on Mavs, on Married at First Sight. And it has been a joy. Girl. <laughs> can we can we use profanity on here? Yes, we can if we need to. If 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 it comes out that way, it comes. We grown, okay. Um, and sometimes that's how we have to explain things. <laughs> so there's so many directions that I could take this conversation. That we could take this conversation. Um, and this can be a, uh, a a Q and A, but also a discussion. So if you have questions about and topics and moments that you're like, Rika, you missed this. Can we talk about this? I definitely want you to bring it up. But the first question I want to ask you is now that you're up to episode eight, just overall thoughts. Okay. On let's talk about Dominique and McKinley first. So McKinley, the 25 year old, or I'm sorry, Dominique, the 25 year old McKinley, the white boy, they unmatched her with, she's raised by a black woman. 
and the conversations okay, that have okay, come up. So, so overall thoughts on them first. From the start, I did not have hope for them because he seemed the way, I don't know if it was the editing. I don't know if it was um, his disposition, but he just seemed not interested. Um, in the process, he didn't seem like he took it seriously. Dominique, on the other hand, seems like she was very intentional, um, excited about the process. I, I had no, I just, I didn't have hopes for them and they just didn't seem like an exciting couple. And I think the one thing that really threw me, um, that was where I was like, it was how he phrased when her parents, it was her mother, her black mother and her black grandmother asked have you ever dated a black woman before? And he paused. Yeah, yeah. He met, she, I don't know if she said black woman or woman of color, right. but, and he paused. And I was like, oh, you know, I think, that, I think that's what everybody said. And, um, but then he said, well, and then he shifted in a sense, I felt like the blame, if there is a blame, I don't think there's a blame there, but he made it seem like that that, that was a problem. And he said, well, they never really found me like interesting or it was something to that. And so to me, that told me enough. One, you shifted the blame. Ooh, and two, but I, you know, but, but two, I was going to say, are you not confident in your experiences with women um, that you can have a conversation? But at the same time, you sitting at the table with two, two older black mm-hmm. women. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was my yeah. overall you know what? Like kind of, that's why I kind of thought they weren't going to make it. Right. You know what? I didn't even um, pinpoint that moment, but I did remember a moment where Dominique was asking McKinley's mom, or I think grandma too, like, is me being a black woman going to be a problem? And it, it basically was along the lines of, we don't see color. We love everybody, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to ask you, like I asked Tayari, and I didn't even have this on the sheet. Do you think that race is going to be an issue with these two? Yes. Now that you bring that up, yes. Because whether we want to believe it or not, we are impacted by this racist society that we live in, right? We can read all the anti-racist books. We can read all the anti-colorism books. We still live in a society that um, applauds and champions things that are closer to Eurocentric beauty standards, And we still see tropes of Black women. And so when you hear his mother, a household that he grew up in, say, we don't see color, you grew up around that. That is, that was your, that, that, that idea has been normalized to you. Um, So you are going to, my assumption is you're going to ignore and not attempt to learn the unique things that make her her. That that's a part of her culture is being a black woman. Um, and you're gonna there's gonna be a lot of arrogance there, I think, um, and pride versus coming into acknowledging that you are different. You have a different experience, right. a different American experience as a black woman. Um, and 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 that's adding a layer of you know race to it. I think you still need that humility coming into any relationship because you simply don't know the person's experiences or upbringing or just perspectives on the world or what informs how they see the world. And so now we're adding race on top of that. And he and, and it's always like, oh, we don't see 
the fact that you got curly hair, you need right. special products. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's more of an issue because her mother is black and she was raised by her. And I don't know that they have mentioned where Dominique's dad is. Um, I, I don't know that they have brought that up. So if they make it, cause now we're on episode eight going into nine and it looks like they, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if they're going to finish the show. I don't know. <laughs> so um, if they continue through the, the, I think they get eight weeks or 90 days or whatever. Um, that is definitely mm-hmm. going to come up because I think that she identifies with uh, black culture more than anything. Um, and so, and I always, mm-hmm. in real life, this is why dating a, a white boy, I think I dated one white boy in high school and that was it. But the, it's, it, it's the feeling like I have to teach, the feeling like you're not going to understand me and the whole, like, like her mom or like McKinley's mom and grandma kind of did, in my opinion, to Dominique, it was the, I don't see color. And it was like, oh, these things don't have, what are you talking about? These things don't happen. We love everybody. This would never happen in our household. I guarantee you somebody that you have been around, whether you said it or not, you've had the thoughts, people in your family have said it. I I don't like it when they act like it just doesn't exist. You know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it seemed to be a big deal for Dominique's mom as well, because she brought it up too. Brought it up too. My daughter Mm -hmm. is black. So what's up? So let's continue on Dominique and yeah. McKinley because they've had an interesting turn of events. I, and I don't know about you, the, the arc so far, uh, all the way to episode eight, is Dominique, I was really on her side. And why would they match her with this old man? Um, he don't even have mm-hmm. his own place. Like, I don't like this, da-da-da-da-da. I didn't like his joking attitude. I didn't understand that. Like, why would you lie about being the horse rider and then you've never ridden a horse when we get here? I was really on Dominique's side. But then the, my attitude has now shifted. Now that we're on episode eight, they've sat down with Pastor Cal. Her attitude has become very childish to me. Are you having the same arc? Mm-hmm. A little bit, but I still think I'm a little bit more on Dominique's side, Wait, tell right? Tell me more, tell me more. Because, so, same thing, right? Because I was thrown. Like, how are you this older man? I, I, I'll i say this. He did present as very immature, right? You're lying. You're joking. Your your jokes are lies. You can't have a straightforward conversation with me. Um, according to her, you're complaining about everything. And then there was also some gaslighting happening in the conversation in the car. Um, and I didn't like that. And when they instead were in the of car just being talking about him living with um, his friend's family or the dog conversation. It was the dog conversation. Ooh, yes. Tell me more about that. Um, it was a dog. Cause he said something on the long, along the lines of, cause she basically tried to call out his immature, not his immaturity, but are you serious about this life? Are you serious about your life? Because based on what I see in your living situation and based on what I know about you, you look like someone, you look like a, you're acting like a nomad, right? Someone that goes from place to place to place, someone that isn't steady and that conflicts with her her desire to want to live and stay in Nashville, right? 
Um, so I think that was a good point that she brought it up. But his response was just aloof. It was, well, I j- we'll see. And it's like, you you can't, we'll see um, <laughs> a, a, a marriage, a, a, a life. And, and I don't think that that is true. I think he was irritated by the fact that he felt judged, which she did, judge him on his living situation without getting to know him um, or getting to know him more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but she also called out, so the dog, she also called out, you know, trying to, I guess, give more evidence or say, this is why I'm concerned about your stability because you have these dogs you claim you love, but they aren't even with you and you've been here for how long? And so because he was offended by that or because he felt a way about that, he started like this gaslighting conversation like, oh, so you don't care about my dogs or you don't think my dogs. And it's just like, you know, that's not what she was saying. Like, come on. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, all of that. So for him to be 45, for him to be like, I'm testing this out for him to, it, it's just, I need to know more of his story because I would look at, I would pass mm-hmm. him up too. Like, bruh, mm-hmm. like you're not stable. Yeah. Or, or Tell me more of your story so I can yeah. understand what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So I'm going to say my piece on being super uncomfortable when they were in the car, um, because it's going to lead into my next question for you. And it's about if you were entering this situation, would you do the slow burn or would you do the hard launch? Right. And so, and I do want to ask that. So I want you to be, be thinking about that. But when Dominique and, uh, McKinley were in the car, I became, and then when, you know, he had to show her where he lived, I became more on McKinley's side because I was like, dang, she really is judging him without getting to know him. Like, this is a moment where you are supposed to be trying to figure out why. And I think she was trying to in saying the, because I, I wrote this down, she said, well, you wouldn't sign a lease, but you wanted to get married because you're so right. She is afraid that he's just, well, we'll see, uh, you know, and, and went into this situation all willy nilly where it seems like, you know, maybe she didn't. You know, there's also a thought that I've had and Tayari and I talked about this, that the only reason why she got on the show is because her mom signed her up for it. So there's that, too. But I was I began to feel sorry for him because she was not articulating very well what she was trying to express that she was afraid and ask him questions um, even about the dogs. And so they hit the wall because his ego was bruised. Right. So it's like, Oh my God, you're judging me. Oh my God. And now, you know, now you think my dogs are important to me and I just, I don't understand. And so I began to feel really bad for him because in the beginning, in the first like two episodes, I was like, Oh my God, he lives with his friend's, parents where are we going like what you can you're 34 get it together but then he did make a comment of i'm not broke cannabis has done very well for me i'm just i moved up here and i'm still trying to figure out where i want to live and what have you and then when pastor cal was talking to them he was like okay so what like i i'm not understand we matched you because of this reason and it seems like you're being super childish and both of them you know, he was really on both of their backs for sure. Um, so in that situation, I saw both sides, but I felt I, there was like a little turn, like, oh my God, do I feel bad for McKinley? 
because <laughs> Dominique's attitude, right? <laughs> Dominique's attitude. And yeah. I and I and I did understand her. I'll say this one last thing. I did understand where she was coming from when they went to her apartment and he was not um interested in anything. Wasn't that like you know, it seems like everybody else, when they went to each other's house, they were like, oh, show me this or tell me about this. Or that even Shaq was trying to understand Kirsten and her not having any pictures in her house. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like McKinley <laughs> was not interested at all. Like, that's what it seemed like, um, at least from the edits that they put on the show. So um, so that's why I'm out with that. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I... Yeah, I felt the same. I felt the same. You said uh, burn slow or what was the other one or hard and fast? Yeah, so, so if you was were... In this situation, right? Or maybe, hi, cat. <laughs> or maybe, um, <laughs> so if you were entering this situation, I want to do that first. And then we'll say in real life, what do you do? But if you're entering this married at first sight, you know you signed up, you're about to marry somebody you don't know, but you're married legally, right? Like we as Christian women, that's like, you you got, you there, you hit the finish line, you married, so you get to do whatever you want, um, right? Air quotes. Do you do a slow burn? Like, I am going to try to get to know them. I'm going to um, participate in this as if we are dating and go slow. Or are you like, oh, we're married. We having sex on the honeymoon. <laughs> we, I'm saying I love you. This is my husband. Like, how are you entering this? In, right, exactly. <laughs> like, yes, I got it. How would you enter this situation? No, I think I would be, we got to go slow. Because I think how you start... Um, how you start is important. You got to have a solid foundation and solid foundation. And this is one thing I've always desired as me, like to have a strong friendship, right? A strong connection before we move into the romantic piece. Um, and I, I, and I think it will be awkward too, because there is pressure because you are married. Right. Um, and also thinking in my head, like we have a, lifetime we got nine weeks <laughs> we got a lifetime ahead of us to, to figure figure this out and so I think it would be pretty dope to just wait but it's also a level of while it's pressure there's also a level of security to know that you aren't going anywhere at least I would like to believe at least for nine weeks so we can tough it out to figure out if we are really um a good match and then that because also the thing, like, I know you said go all in, but intimacy builds, right? It's not something that happens like that. So if we do go all in day one, first night, it's it's going to be empty, right? I don't, I don't know who I'm looking at in the eyeball. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> who I'm sitting across the table from, who who's holding me and why they are holding me or why I'm holding them or what I'm holding. Right. Um, one thing that I think is important in any relationship, Rika, you know, this is like trust. Like, can I, can, can I trust you with me? Right. And trusting myself with you, you have to know me, right. You have to know that maybe cameo is a little bit sensitive in this area, or you have to know cameo has this call on her life or you have to know Cameo has this trauma. So how can I like let it all loose <laughs> um, on the first night? And I'm just like, yeah, we can have fireworks. We can have connections. And, and I definitely would. I definitely would pull back based on my history because I've connected with guys, like had deep conversations on a first date. Right. Uh, you know, we like we ready. You know, I, I think you would can't, and I'm just like, and then it falls flat, and like 
30 days yeah. or in three months. And it's just mm-hmm. like, but we were jumping off ceilings and pointing to the moon and week two and week three. And so for me, I'm like, nope, let's so, slow this down. Yeah. Yeah. Slow it down. Yeah. And so and now I don't even have to ask in real life, what would you do? Because I feel like that's that's you. <laughs> like you, you, you would do the... the, the <laughs> The slow burn. It wouldn't be a hard launch. Like, you know, Lizzo posted her boyfriend. It was like, hard launch, y'all. This is him. It's he this did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what about um, you? What would you do? Oh, yeah. Slow burn for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because that's where I'm at. I mean, I, but I also would never be on this show, right? Like, I <laughs> so in real life, I know I'm definitely slow. Like, okay, we private till it's permanent. Like, we not, I don't have to tell every, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the, you know what? There was a conversation I was listening to this morning um, with the, not the shade room, but what's the Christian room um, with what's her name? But she is one of the founders of the shade room. But they were having a conversation about that, like keeping it private till it's permanent and mm. that slow burn and everything. And I was like, oh, my God, that's exactly where I'm at and how where we become to be after going through so much heartbreak and BS. And then by the time you're 35 plus, you're like, you know what? <laughs> we can't just it's great that we're attracted. But so what we about to do is this. Um, so if I was in that, especially on national TV, my mama watching me. Ain't no sex on the honeymoon. We ain't even kissing. <laughs> this is how we gonna be holding hands. <laughs> Ricky Robinson is watching us. Okay, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. Okay, so to wrap up, uh, Dominique and McKinley, I wanted to ask you this question too. Um, so Dominique stated, and she said this a few times, um, just because of the way McKinley's personality is. Um, she is a woman who wants you to want to do the thing that she wants to do, right? Like, I want you to want to go ride horses with me versus the I'll do it because you want me to do it, right? Where do you lie on that spectrum um, as a woman? Because I've heard a lot of women say that too. No, but I want you to want to take out the trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's like sometimes they just do it because... <laughs> I know that's what you like. So where do you land on that spectrum? While I side with the desire, like, like I want you to want, right? What is, is it Marvin Gaye? I want you to want me like I want you, right? <laughs> <laughs> is that Marvin Gaye? Girl, shoot. I don't even know. You don't want me. Listen, let me stop saying. I don't know. If, but I think he does say that. And so I think, well, I think we all have that desire I don't know how realistic that is. Yes. But what I think it speaks to, what I think it speaks to is there should be some natural desires to do things for me or with me because you care for me and because you love me. And I don't, I don't want to say with me because I think that's a type of love language, like if it's spending time. And so that's projecting what she wants from him. Um, you know, his expression of loving her could be acts of service. It could be um, gifts. But how she wants to be loved is spending time. And so he may do that just kind of like checking the box, but no one likes to be loved 
by checking the box. There should be a desire to love, and this is probably why, because it's too early on, but there should be a desire to want to love and I, and please your partner. And I think that should be the driving force, not just let me do this because, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus yeah. I know... I know Camille loves when I do this. Mm-hmm. I know how it makes her feel and I want her to feel this way. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that, I yeah. I get excited, you know, to do mm-hmm. that. That's a good and so I explanation. Think that's what she's, I think that's what she's yeah. mm-hmm, that of, of what she's getting at because it's it, it is in his attitude. And then the lying at first, especially when they was on the, the honeymoon. But you know, I don't know. I think there needs to be some grace and like okay, you want to go horseback riding. That's great. And if he says, I'm definitely going because I know that you love this, so I'm going. I think that's okay. It's not the, ugh, okay, well, whatever. I guess I'll just go. And then you complain the whole time, which is what he has done. So I get what she was saying, mm-hmm. but I don't know that we are ever going to get the, because it's my love language, you are always going to be super excited every single time that you do something for me because I said that my love language is this. So you're going to be gung ho. I'm like, oh, again, mm-hmm. that's where I side with McKinley sometimes. I'm like, I don't know. I think I just, Dominique to me is in a, um, a where I thought Kirsten was in this fantasy realm of it needs to be like this. And because it is not, I'm done. And that's where she's at. And Pastor Cal's yeah. like, okay, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, because, because let's be clear. Like, like now, since you're saying that, Rika, her... Her kind of protest, her huffing and puffing, it was very childish. And when yeah. I say that, when she didn't yeah. even, when she didn't even move her bags into the room, and she just sat there, kind of with, I don't know if her arms were crossed, but they might, might as well, might as well have been, you know. And I'm just like, girl. Yep. Yep. So, yep. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like her communication style is very 25, even though she's like, oh, I wanted somebody who's mature and older than me and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm hoping, Pastor Cal, we'll see what happens in episode nine um, as they continue that conversation. Because I don't even think, I think it ended with Pastor Cal still be on the couch. Like, so are we doing this or what? So we'll see. Um, all right. So before my last question about Dominica McKinley is on decision day, when Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper asked them, do you want to stay married? Or do you want to get a divorce? What do you think they will do? What's your prediction? Uh, I feel like I need to see one more episode. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to predict say, episode eight. Say, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna stay together because I, I, I say this because I think they're both. They both need. They're both immature in different ways, and yeah, and I also think. Uh, she's too immature to be able to navigate a mature conversation with him. And he just doesn't seem like the type of person to step up and say, we're going to have this conversation like this. He's more responsive Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. than he is setting the tone. Yeah. Yeah. And he lets his, no, no. Aff- like, I'm just so offended getting his way of like really having the conversation. Like you 34, come on. You should be like leading her in this situation. Like, Tell me what's wrong. Why are you, why are your arms closed? Why are you huffing and puffing? Like, what's up? So, okay. Yep. No, I agree. They ain't staying. <laughs> staying. So, <laughs> okay. So let's go on to Shaquille and Kirsten. 
Um, what are your overall thoughts? Now that you've watched episodes all the way up to um, episode eight, what are your thoughts overall on Kirsten and Check? So I think they may be my favorite couple. Really? Um, okay, okay. I, 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 think, I think so. But it's only because I feel like she is intentional about being honest in the space. And she's very straightforward with this is where I am. This is how I feel. This is what I want. And he is, and he responds to that, at least from what we see. At first I was like, "Mm," because what did he do? And she also seems very open to the possibility, even though she said she essentially wasn't attracted to him like that. Like he's attractive, but I'm not attracted to him. She didn't say that, but that's essentially what's going on. To his face too. um, Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so she's honest. Like you, you, there won't be any surprises (laughs) with that. And I think he's attracted to her. Um, And I think he's open and I think he wants it. I was just hesitant when they kind of had their little tip. And I felt that he was, when they were on, uh, in Jamaica, they were on uh, their honeymoon and she just made a comment about him being too silly. And he did that whole, just like gaslighting and, and, and acting like he didn't know what she was talking about and not getting to the heart of the conversation. And to me, that is, you're building your relationship on shaky ground when you are, acting like you don't understand what she's saying or when your goal in the conversation is to win versus to understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, cause she just seemed real straightforward and very mature. Like, Hey, can you not, you know, joke around? This is, you know, I want us to get to know each other first. And she was also, what did he ask? So I think he's very into, very much into performing for her. Like, let me be a good husband to you. Uh-huh versus what she said I just want you to be yourself and we can see if we work and I think he has to get that out of his mind that he has to be a good husband now like it's first like let's see if we can work before you before you try to be this good husband yeah um because what did what what happened what what did what did he say I think I'm lost in my thoughts um she said something else to him Oh, he asked, like, how do you, how can I best support you? Or how can I, I help you? Mm-hmm. And she said, I just want you to talk to me. Don't talk at me. Yep. She I'm said, not, you mm-hmm. do a lot of, like, like motivational speaking <laughs> and preaching at me. She's like, just talk to me. Just talk yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, that is so interesting because they... <laughs> Not my favorite couple. So in the beginning, right? So I've had an arc. I've also had an arc with them. <laughs> because in the beginning, she came off as like very, um, I'm too good for him. I am not attracted to him. Mm-hmm. And I felt that her comments came off as so mean. Like she told him a few times, like, I'm not attracted to you. Your head is bald and you you was born in 1990. Like, so were you. So, you know, I just... Boy, you ugly. Yeah, like, how, how many times can somebody take that? Like, damn, like, you're not even yeah. attracted to me at all. So I felt really um, uh, bad for Shaq. Um, and then we got to the um, 
you know, where they're showing off their house. Now we're done with Jamaica. And now I'm like, she really do be flirting with him, like really flirting. Um, you know, uh, even Shaq told on her when Pastor Cal came in and talked and she said there was no chemistry. And he was like, well, you be cuddling with me in the bed. <laughs> And I was like, exactly, Kirsten. You, you, so she has maybe changed my mind in the fact that maybe she does like him. Because in the first five episodes, I was like, she don't even like him. Like, this is what is happening. They don't like each other. Mm-hmm. She does not like him at mm-hmm. all. And so I've definitely had the arc. Um, but when we, so I want to ask you this. When we go to her house, baby <laughs> 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 girl living in the model home, okay? Because she a minimalist. <laughs> Are we concerned? Is this what's happening? I am. I, I think I think she's crazy. Like I <laughs> who so, listen, I'm the person to crazy. talk. <laughs> the only reason I got a little grace for her because I think that's what my uh that's what my dorm room looked like, right? <laughs> it's just <laughs> you know, we just had the we had the the but it's like she she didn't have nothing. But it's like I, I, don't I don't know. Maybe there's an explanation behind it. Like I needed more like like are you living below your means so you can right. save? Right. Um because even I think a minimalist still I don't know. I may have a commercialized idea of what a, a minimalist is. But it's like just the bed. And so I'm, I'm just saying. like <laughs> No light, no like Nothing. that's probably what my first apartment looked like mm-hmm. when I like out of college. Like the bed for my my home, my childhood home. And although I had a dresser for my childhood home. So I'm just I just I, I it has to be a story there. Like, did you lose all your stuff like in a flood and a fire? Right. <laughs> what happened? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. even he was like, you ain't got no pictures of your family, your nine sisters. And she was like, it's the picture right there. And it was a little keychain picture. <laughs> like, what, Kirsten? Come on. You ain't got nothing. And then she a minimalist, but her closet looked like that. Like, come on, sweetie. What is going on? Some- mm-hmm. Something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but right. it's something. Right. I also think, so I think this is what's going on in our head. I think she likes him, but she's resisting liking him because he doesn't fit her type, right? Because she wasn't initially initially yes. attracted to him, mm-hmm. and so I think because listen, I've been there before. Let's be real clear, I've been there before. You know, when you're with the dude, you like the way he treats you, but you're like, but God, this he ain't he ain't what I he ain't. Yep. And so you're resisting, but you're still comfortable around him. You still trust him. You still flirt with him a little bit. But in reality, I'll say it, I'll say it like this. Like you're, you're not ready. You're not excited to jump his bones. You're not excited to like tear his clothes off. And I think maybe that's where she is. Cause at the same time, like you don't, you don't want to, if you're not attracted to somebody, you're not attracted to them. So, um, and I do believe you can become, someone can become beautiful to you. Right. Um, it has happened to, it's happened to me. And so maybe she's waiting for that moment or waiting for that time and not trying to force it where it is natural, where she does want to, you know, you know, brother, come handle me. I'm going to handle you. Right, 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 right. And and see, that's where the pressure of the marriage comes in because it's like, okay, crap, we're married. 
okay, so I'm, am I supposed to already be attracted to him? Oh my God, I'm not. So if they treat it with a slow burn as like build a friendship first, maybe they could have in my head what I think the Jay-Z and Beyonce happened, right? Like, cause Jay-Z ain't, we not go pretend that he's cute. He's not. But in my mind, Beyonce and Jay-Z were friends first. <laughs> Boom. Now we have this. And now he's the most beautiful thing to her, which is great. It's wonderful. Your husband should be to you. So um, I can see that dynamic playing out if they actually build the friendship first, which is what she says she wanted, which is what you just said too. Like, stop trying to be my husband right now. I know you're my husband, but I need you to not be that right now and let's try to build this friendship. Um, and then maybe his looks will grow on her. But then there is that piece, like you just said, dating the guy because he's really nice to you, even though you're not attracted to him. We've all been there. It doesn't work. <laughs> so for Shaq's sake, I hope it's the, we built a friendship and now I think that you're beautiful instead of like, well, I just have to make this work because he's really nice because in two years they won't be married. It's just, it's not, if you're not attracted, I don't believe that you can stay with somebody you, you are not attracted to. If it never grows, mm-mm. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So I wanted to ask you this because, um, let's see. So what is the difference between settling and compromising? Right. Because there's so many areas with these people in these relationships where some of it could be compromising. Some of it could be settling. And Dr. Pastor Cow even said that marriage requires a lot of personal sacrifice um, even to Dominique, he literally said, do you want to be married? Like, do you want a marriage or do you want marriage on your terms only? So my question overall is what's the difference between settling and compromising? And we can even take Dominique's situation with McKinley. Would Dominique be settling if she dates a man who doesn't have his own home yet? Cause she had mentioned that, like, I usually date guys that are more established, um, would that be a settling situation or a compromising situation in your opinion, if they even stay together? Cause we don't know. So it's so interesting. I did, um, on my podcast on the good girl podcast, I did a show a long time ago and a woman's confession was when I married, I settled, um, in her. And wow. she was talking about everyone settles. She said, you never get everything you want. Um, so everyone settles, which I don't know if I believe, but <laughs> right. I still hold no. Right, <laughs> right, right. What's the difference? Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think that may be your, depending on what, how old you are, whatever was on your checklist, you may consider yourself settling. Right. But I also think your checklist versus what is actually necessary and needed to create and sustain a healthy marriage, right? Um, and so if you have those components, with, which I don't know if people really know what they are when they're younger, um, like early 20s, because people still are talking about he got to be six feet. Um, but as you get older, uh, or he got to have degrees, he got to be educated, he has to make this amount of money. And I'm not saying those things don't matter, but when I marry, I don't think we're going to be arguing about your degrees, right? We're not going to be <laughs> right. arguing about... You know, well, you you supposed to be six two, but you only six one. Like that is not going to be the right. argument right. that splits right. us, right, or brings us together. Um. So, to your question, you know, what's the difference between mm-hmm. settling and compromising? I think you settle when you don't have a 
mutually benefiting goal that you're working towards. Mm. Um, and I think when you're compromising, you do. I heard from another um, like marriage person. I can't think of his name right now. Follow him on, on, on Instagram. And I know him personally, but his wife's name is Faith. His name is Quest. And he talks about, um, oh, Quest. <laughs> right. I was like, I think you just said his name. Um, Can we- <laughs> <laughs> and he said this a while ago and it just stuck with me. Um, he said, essentially, and I'm paraphrasing, but there are three components in a marriage. It's you, it's your spouse, and it's the marriage. And a lot of times you have to sacrifice you for the sake of the marriage. Mm, and good. so yeah. it really kind of like opened my mind that the the marriage is the goal, mm-hmm. not necessarily me, you know, because these are two people becoming one. Right. And if we believe us being together and us building this marriage is better than better together than we are apart, mm-hmm. then that's when the compromise comes in because the end goal is better than if we were apart. Um, and so I think that's the difference between settling and 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 compromise. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And I think even, even when you're settling or you're trying to decide like, should, should I, should I do this or shouldn't I do this? I think there's a fear there for both men and women. I think more so for women, uh, but that you will lose yourself and you won't get what you need because you sacrifice, because you compromise for the sake of the marriage and that the other person isn't going to do the same thing or they aren't going to mm-hmm. hold up their end of the bargain mm-hmm. or this really isn't for my my best interest. Yeah, no, I think that is definitely a fear for both men and women, like you said. Like how much compromise, settling, however you define it, do I need to do to make we, this marriage, work, right? So I was trying to think of it in like ch- tangible ways as I'm watching these people play out in front of my eyes. And so I'm like, Mm -hmm. in the, if I was Dominique with also the way that I think, I don't know that him living with his friend's parents would be settling for me. That could be the compromise, especially if he's good with his money, he got his little cannabis business, but the settling for me, if I'm Dominique would be the, I need this from you, this love language that is me from you. I need that from you. If I don't have it, then it's not going to be reciprocal. Like I'm not going to be able to then turn around and as the Bible says, outdo each other with love because I don't even feel loved Mm. by you because you don't do this thing that I'm saying that I need. Right. Um, And so even for Shaq, if he stays with Kirsten and she continues to say, I'm not attracted to you, to me, that would be settling if he needs that. Maybe he isn't somebody who needs words of affirmation or whatever. I do. So if my dude is saying, I am not attracted to you, oh my God, I wish your hair was longer or I wish you was a little bit darker. Or, I wish you was, I don't, I, <laughs> I'm not going to be like, well, at least he got a job and our values are the same. So I'm staying. No, to me, that would be settling. Um, the compromise comes mm-hmm. in with, you know, say like the, the, <laughs> The dog situation with with Gina and or I can't remember the white couple's name, but the baby boy who was crying over his 
If I could roll my eyes any harder. I thought somebody I'm, died, Cameo. I said, I know this nigga ain't crying over no damn dogs. And we ain't even made a decision yet. We ain't even made a de- You just got the news. And boom. I would have been like, nah. <laughs> Listen, when we go to New Orleans. This ain't even. Yeah. I'm like, this ain't even real. I'm not saying a dog's not real, but nothing has happened yet. And you are in tears. What is really going on? Talk to me. Let's have a conversation because ain't no way. Ain't no way. Like, what has your life experience been that you're crying over something that isn't permanent? I mean, six, nine, nine weeks, you gonna see the dogs again? tomorrow i don't understand like you it's not like you can't leave your house like i don't understand you know um and like because when we in new orleans i ain't gonna say nothing about my dogs i don't care like i love my dogs and they're very sweet and it's great to come home to things that this animal that really loves you more than anybody else can is great but i promise you i i don't i would never cry even when they do leave me, I'm not going to cry. It's going to be sad because I do love my dogs, but I ain't going to be, bo- like, I thought his mom died. Like, so like Somebody must die. But anyway, so I, I brought that up to say to me, they, they're the couple that's going to make it because the compromise there was dope. I'm like, okay, well, at least she's okay. I guess she understands. So that's cute. What have you. Um, so yeah, in those situations, like that would be the tangible in the, <laughs> Compromise versus settling. <laughs> I just, you said at least she understood because I think any other woman would have been like, boy, if you don't get your old monkey behind up and figure out what, like, I feel like any other woman would have looked at the camera like, save me. <laughs> but she was like, she was like, she was like, oh, baby. What's I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but listen, that's why they're going to make it. Watch. Ten years from now, they're still gonna be married. Watch, they gonna make it. <laughs> but I will say, I looked up the Girl. the statistics. Oh dang, now I can't even remember the number. But I have the statistics of the marriages that last um, for married at first sight, and it's very low. And I actually put it in the show notes. Um, so for you listening, it'll be in the show notes, so you see. Because really, the statistics for married at first sight, we have a better chance out here, not on the show, because at least in the real world, it's fifty fifty. Married at first sight, it isn't, we're not doing well for all of the marriages that they've had. So, yeah. okay, so let's wrap. Um, uh, uh, Kirsten, actually, no, there's one more thing that I wanted to say about Kirsten. I, so when Pastor Cal pulled out of her that she is somebody, because Shaq's complaint about her is, you don't let me get to know you. Anytime I ask you a question, you always swing it back to me, blah, blah, blah. And Pastor Cal was like, so do you feel like you will bear it and hope it'll go away if you have this feeling, if you have a negative reaction and you expect him to respond to whatever you're feeling on the inside, but not what you're communicating? And I <laughs> I felt definitely, especially the way I used to be seen in that situation with Kirsten, because I feel like mm. women... You could correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe you don't do this cameo, but we do that a lot. Like the communication, especially when we're younger, we just expect you should be able to read my mind. You didn't see my reaction, my body language. 
you know, kind of like Dominique did with McKinley crossing her, you know, if she did cross her arms or whatever, huffing and puffing, not wanting to bring the suitcase in. Um, so, I, mm-hmm. I, yeah, so I really loved that moment with Pastor Cal because he was able to call her out on that situation. Yeah, I so I saw that too. And like, I I think women do, women do do that more often than not. And I don't know why, because we are, we are given the freedom to emotionally express ourselves. Um, and I don't know if it's layered because we're also, while, while we're given the freedom in certain circles, we also know with men, sometimes our emotions aren't safe, right? Our authentic emotions, we also get attacked and we also don't yeah. get believed when we share our emotions. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that was just kind of a sidebar. Um, and I also think the same for men, right? Men don't necessarily communicate their emotions. And I applaud um, Shaq for saying, like, I'm telling her everything. I'm, pour- I'm pouring everything out to her. And she's just kind of like a brick wall. Um, I think there's safety in that. Because so I've been that person, too, where somebody is just pouring. I'm just, like, soaking it up. Like, yeah, 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 you know? Tell <laughs> me all about you. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Right. And, and, until I feel comfortable or until I trust you enough, um, to be able to share something with you, and I think that's where her head maybe her head may be, but I don't think that that is an okay place because I don't think that there is enough trust that someone can, like you have to, in a sense, test the waters. You got to stick your toe in the water and say maybe I can trust him with telling him this to see how he'll respond, right? And then I'll tell him a little bit more. I'm not saying she has to pour her deepest darkest secrets out. Um, but I think that's also, you know, mm-hmm. something she mm-hmm. should, a great space for her to grow right. in. And I think will bring the couple closer once she realizes that she can trust him. And I think that will also make him more attractive to her. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I definitely am in that space where you say she's in now. It's like, okay, I'll, I'll do a little bit. And see how he reacts in a little bit and see how he reacts. Because I definitely, and this is probably where Kristen is, and a lot of women is, okay, well, I don't want to tell him all these emotions and I don't want to do all of this because we do get labeled as like, oh, she crazy or she's so emotional so much, right? Like, yes, we have more emotions, but we get labeled as like, you're way too emotional. Oh my God, you you know, da, 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 da. And we don't want to hear that. And then we don't want it to fall on deaf ears too. So it's like, oh, what happens if I tell you this? And then, uh, you, you know, you don't respond in the way that I want you to respond. So, um, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think too, I wonder if that, I wonder if that has something to do with, because it, it, whatever, it could be nothing, but I don't think <laughs> anything is ever nothing. But just the fact that she... I don't think who we are happens in silos, right? So the fact that she doesn't seem settled in her home, um, I think says something. And the fact that she doesn't want to settle in this space of this relationship, I think that says something. So I think that's definitely connected to some experiences she may have had. Yeah, yeah. Um, And it keeps keeps her feeling safe, you know? Like, oh, nope, I'm not really putting... I'm not you know, tethered. Down mm-hmm. here. I'm not putting and... exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I bet you that'll come up. That's going to come up yeah. throughout. We got so many more episodes to go, and the fact that she lives the way that she does, that's going to come up. It's got to. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's wrap them up yeah. at the end of the show when Pastor Cow and Dr. Pepper ask them, "Do you want to stay married or do you want to get a divorce? What do you think they'll do?" If Kirsten opens up, 
I think they will stay married. I think they will. Because I, I think I think Shaq, I think he wants it. And mm-hmm. I think because he has the desire to be a good husband, he's going to do whatever it takes to be there for her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think she's going to appreciate that. And she's and I think he thinks she's fine. You know, so that, that don't hurt. Like, she easy on the ass. Exactly. <laughs> and then when they were showing her, like, I didn't notice until they actually walked into her house. She a little thick, too. I said, wait a minute. Kirsten, I did not know. Little, good <laughs> <man. Listen. laughs> I said, girl. <laughs> I said, oh, so that's who Eris wants. Okay, got it. <laughs> Listen, oh, yeah, no, because we're about to get on them. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um. So, uh, yep. So, like I said, my arc between with Kirsten and Shaq didn't like them at first. Now I'm starting to come around. Like, okay, yes. So I do hope she opens up. And then it ends up being uh, a beautiful marriage. If she's not a, a sociopath or a psychopath, whatever, because the house situation is crazy. <laughs> <to me>. but, <laughs> That's a possibility. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So let's wrap it up with, uh, I think this is our favorite couple when it just comes to the, just the tension and awkwardness and drama. And I just feel so bad for Jasmine. And Oh my God. So overall thoughts. <laughs> Because you had a lot to say about Eris. Uh, overall thoughts Girl, on Eris and Jasmine. So, <laughs> he made me so mad, like throughout this whole process. So I'm gonna start with Jasmine, right? The things that I think are, I'm gonna say, problematic. First, I think she's really excited about the marriage. Obviously, she's attracted to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think she's ten toes down. You know, she wants to be. She wants to love him. She wants to be. Same thing, a good wife to him. Um, the whole calling him husband thing. Husband, husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it's, um, and that is I, just a reaction to, I know you don't like me. I can subconsciously feel this. So I just need to keep saying this so maybe you'll come around. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so I think she she said something when they were on their honeymoon too. She said, I fall in love easily. And so, and, and I, I, when she said that, I I was kind of cautious because it's like, girl, like, (laughs) I'm not saying you don't fall in love easy, but I I think there has to be some qualifiers around that. Right. Um, Is it with, and maybe she just assumed this and she didn't explain it because she knows this like with guys who treat you well like you're already making the assumption that you're going to fall in love with him based on what right you haven't yeah. known this guy that He's long my husband. but he you're already me. putting it out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and i just I, I was just pulling back on that i'm like get like do you do you even like him like do you have chemistry with him like yes he's you believe he's fine because I think that's one of the driving factors. I think she thinks he's like hella attractive, and but that's and that's kind of blinding her to really think through. Well, do we work together, right? And I think it's really driving her more so than him to um, want this thing, and he feels that. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep, I think. And 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 I think Eris, I think Eris is just immature and he needs to grow up. <laughs> I think he's immature and he needs to grow up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's all I got. Yeah. So, I, so I've had an arc with them too. Up until, so I feel the same way about Eris. Up until, and I'm wondering if my mind is about to be changed, episode nine and moving on. When Pastor Cal came to talk with them, I love that he said that he kind of pulled out of Eris that it may be the pressure of you feeling like you have to have all these feelings for her today because you guys got married. Um, And so let's not, you know, let's, is she an attractive woman? He was like, yeah, she's, you know, yes. I just don't know if I'm super attracted because even before Jasmine knew, knew, which Again, she's shacking the situation. I'm like, that has to suck to know this dude is not attracted to you, right? Or will say that to you. Mm-hmm. It has to suck. But remember when they were um, in in uh, Jamaica and they were like, oh, rate your marriages. You know, where are you? And poor Jasmine was at like a 7.5 or something. And then on the side, when Ares was with his boys, he was like, yeah, man, it's like a three out of 10 for me. <laughs> Like she's gonna see this. I, like, <laughs> I felt so bad for her, like so, because she's not no. ugly. This girl is a beautiful woman. She's too. not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's so cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so cute, and and um, because it's so funny, I forgot that she was like a cheerleading coach. Yeah. So she looks just like a cheerleader, but and she look, mm-hmm, she's a cheerleader. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. She looks like know. a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Mm-hmm. She. Um, and that was also indication to me that I didn't think it was going to work because you're not being honest with her. Like, it's not that, yeah, you're not being honest with her because on top of that, you lied. It's one thing to withhold the truth until it's appropriate or to learn how to deliver the truth to someone, but you lied to her for the sake of her feelings. That is like... You, that's dump, that's a dumpster fire, right? Because you you can't live in your truth and neither can she. And she over here confused because your energy towards her is one thing, but what you say is something else. So I don't know if I'm doing something right, wrong. Like it's all things wrong in that space. That's when I decided this isn't this isn't gonna work. Yeah. And, and I don't think he was really open to liking her or desiring her. Um, and that's why I said, mm, I don't, I don't think this is going to work either. However, I thought this is what you were going to when they were in Jamaica, when he did seem extra, cause she, what was it? He asked her like, what's your favorite sexual position? Oh girl. And she was like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to me that indicated that you did want something more from her in that space. And there was a level of attraction probably until you felt the real pressure that this isn't just some girl or this isn't just something I can get out of. And this is a whole woman who has sincere feelings and I can hurt her feelings on national TV, like all these things. And I'm really not that type of guy. I just, yeah, I think all of that had to do with. Yeah. Yeah. Coming. coming And then the fact that, you know, like she's so attractive. So it's that pressure. I'm her husband already. So, so I'm glad that Pastor Cal was able, that's why he's the expert, right? I guess, because he was able to uh, pinpoint that. So I'm hoping that Pastor Cal is right because I want Jasmine in this. I've seen myself in Jasmine so much. And I'm like, I want her to get what she wants out of this relationship, um, except for the cousin. Okay, so let's shift. <laughs> 
How do you feel Eris's cousin treated Jasmine? Because it looks like in the next episode, this is about to be a big deal, right? How did you feel about that line of questioning and her opinions about Jasmine? How did you feel about that situation? So I think I may need a refresher, but I, I remember when they were sitting at the table um, over lunch or something like that, and um, her off-camera response, the cousin was mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. she has these really cute prepared answers. Yes, yeah. Um, but that's not that's not marriage. She's like, that's not real life. And, and he, I was- she's a pageant queen and so she has these pageant answers and yeah so yeah how'd you feel i i felt that they were very much trying to protect you know eris because that's something she said she was like they really love you and she was like i understand you know they want to make sure i have the the best intention um but i think they came in there ready to fight Right. And that's that's never that's never good. Like picking somebody apart. And I yeah. didn't I didn't feel like her answers were like pageant like. I, I felt that she I. was yeah. sincere and maybe not having experienced it, but knowing that this is the way to go. Like I don't know how else you expect someone to answer a question. Yeah when they know the right answer, but they haven't experienced it, right? Like, I can say compromise is the answer all day, but do I know what compromise looks like in a marriage? No, because I've never been married and never had to compromise in a marriage. Right, right. right. Um, and, and so if... It depends on on Eris and his relationship with his cousin, right? Um, on how it's going to go. I mean, yeah. family is a huge... Is a huge dynamic. Mm-hmm, so if mm-hmm. he doesn't kind of like, so if it becomes an issue and he doesn't put his foot, put his foot down and, and uh, I don't want to say make them respect her, mm-hmm. but, but, but yeah. let them know yeah. that I respect her. Mm-hmm. And so you have to respect her too. Um, then it's going to become problematic. Right. Uh, right. For them. And I thought his, her, the cousin's issue was with Eris. Why is your issue now with Jasmine? Like she don't know you. And is, it is not an organic thing to have that sit down a day before the wedding or what have you over time, whether you get married in six months, a year, two years, three years, you would have gotten to know her. So in that situation, you're asking her questions. She's answering them. I don't think that she was giving a pad pageantry, you know, answer. I got to win the title or whatever. She's just answering the question, the best she knows how, like you said, she's never been in this situation, nor has she ever been in a situation where she's just about, she's about to marry this dude tomorrow. Or I think it was after the marriage, actually. Because mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think it was like a day or two days after the marriage because you don't meet their family until you marry. But anyway, so I'm already married to your cousin. Like, I don't, what do you want from me? <laughs> I don't understand. So, and it looked well, like, what do you want? Yeah, what do you want from me exactly? So I can see, you know, <laughs> and obviously the tease for episode nine and beyond is that is going to be an issue. So you're right. Eric is going to have to put his foot down um, and we'll see. We'll see. Does he stick up for his wife uh, or does he side with his cousin? So we going to see. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's going to be a good, mm-hmm. that's going to be a good episode yeah. because I think that will really yep. show Eris's feelings mm-hmm. towards her and even towards the direction mm-hmm. of the marriage, right? Because yeah. even if it doesn't work out, I don't think the family should split, but it's just like, or the family should be beefed out. But I think that's, probably a part of the conversation like oh you choosing you choosing her over me it's like no like i'm i'm married and i'm trying to figure out if this is going to work right right, right. <laughs> and if and if it 
does. Like, I need to give it a fighting chance. And and your attitude and your approach is not helping. At all. Yeah. Yeah. So. I just, I don't like his cousin's attitude at all. Not towards Jasmine. She didn't deserve that. Um, and so my last question on them, and then obviously if you have, if we missed anything, I, you know, you can bring it up. But so Jasmine is very much so, let's see, what did I write down? I said, Jasmine is definitely like holding out hope, right? This is where the oh, my husband, my husband, and he's so fine, and da-da-da-da-da. And so it's like she's, she's. I feel like we've, as women, we've been in that situation a lot where we're like, we really like this guy, and I hope that he becomes the guy that I see in my head. So obviously this is a show, and she has to do it for however many weeks. But in real life, what's the limit? Like, what's the limit of like holding out hope? Like if she was your friend or you were in this situation, would you be like, you know what? I got to walk now or let me give it three months or what have you. <sighs> what's that limit, Cameo? 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we're done. You got 30 minutes, bro. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I say this only because I feel like I've been in situations where I have held out hope, like, and I have extended grace and I have hoped that this was a mistake or that, um, you know, something happened out of the ordinary Mm -hmm. or that you were going to become this person I had in my head, or that really wasn't a part of your character, um, or how you treat me. It has never worked out that way. (laughs) It has never worked out that way. Um, and going back to something that I try my best to live my life by and it, and it has been true, like believe people when they show you who they are. Mm-hmm. And I know we typically use that in the negative sense, but I think it's in the positive sense as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, no, you don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't be extending these. Because I think your spirit, like your spirit knows, right? Your spirit knows, you know, if you sit down and you're quiet for a second, you know, you know, um, these are unreal circumstances and situations. If Mm -hmm. he's seen her out, he wouldn't look twice at her because she ain't got no Serena Williams. Right. Right. She ain't thick. Right. Right. He he wouldn't look twice at her. He may talk to her, entertain her, but he would play until Serena come around, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, though. No. That's what I got. <laughs> Don't but I want to I want to at this because I want to be very clear. I am not God. <laughs> right. Right. I, right. I don't I don't know. I think the the miraculous can happen. I think that people can turn around. I think that, you know, things can shift. But based on my experience, that has not happened. And typically mm-hmm. you are going back to your vomit, you know, when, yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're holding out hope because they've done something wrong or, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just wonder, like, this is why, so, you know, I'm hoping, I'm hoping on this season on Single You, the podcast, I have a few fillers out there to talk to married couples um, about this because I wonder if there is a space, right, where you are walking in like uncertainty and kind of being uncomfortable. Um, I feel like Dr. Pepper said this quote. Let me, yeah, matter of fact, let me pull it up. Um, 
Okay. She said, you know, it was move-in day and she was like, quote, living together can make or break a couple because it requires a tremendous amount of cooperation and compromise. You must look outside your own wants and needs for marriage to be successful. So the, and I think, what is his name with Gina? Clint, I think he said, you know, cause they, that so, yeah. couple may not be, I don't know what they about to do either. Um, but he said, you know, um, there is going to be in this situation, being married at first sight, walking in a space of uncertainty and being uncomfortable. It's just a phase. Um, and it's what we can expect in a relationship, especially at this point. Right. So I am excited to talk to married couples to see, is it, is it a fantasy to believe like it's just going to work? You're not going to hope for nothing. It's just working and y'all get married and there was no doubt. Da, 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 da. Or is it, reality that sometimes there will be that space of uncertainty like so i've definitely been writing down like questions for my married um friends to answer that not not that we can't answer it or what have you but i just am curious to know anybody who's married today they've been married for more than 10 years they call themselves happily married was there ever a space of uncertainty i I love that question rika i really do because i think that's a little bit different than you know the opening um, line of the opening question that you approached with, because I, I think we definitely live in this fantasy world and a lot of marriages and relationships are portrayed as though that they were certain and they have always been certain from the beginning that this is the person that I'm going to be with. This is the person I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Um, and I think that may have been true in that moment, like that they were a thousand percent certain, like, nope, this is it. But that doesn't mean five years down the line, like, uh, I don't know if we go make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I think the, I think when, when I think about ensuring that our marriage is strong or healthy, like we have to go through something. Right. Um, and I just don't know with those, like, because I think you sit in, in in duality, right? Like, I sincerely love this person. I do not want to be without this person, but it's not working, right? And so I think a lot of couples experience that and don't know what to do with that. And I think right. that is part of part of that uncertainty. I mean, that hell, that happens in friendships, right? Like, yeah. I want to be friends with this person. But it's just it's just not working right now, or we kept trying, and so I think I, I kind of last piece I'll say about this. So we talked about romantic relationships, we talked about friendships, but I also think as an individual, um, I was freed. It was this pastor, Pastor Keon, I think that's his name, out of Texas. I think he's out of Dallas or Houston. <laughs> He married to Shawnee O'Neal. He was on a panel. <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. 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 He was on a panel and he talks about uncertainty. And when I tell you, he broke that thing up off me because he says so many times we get in this pulpit and we speak from a place of certainty all the time. Like we're certain this is going to happen. We're certain, you know, like, like that is it. And he said that couldn't be further from the truth. He said the Bible is filled with stories of uncertainty, right? We live in a space of uncertainty. This is in the middle of the pandemic, right? So we live in a space of uncertainty. And so 
you know, so if any past to get up here and consistently talk about like he's certain of this the devil is a lie like that is honestly opposite of our walk of faith right like we Mm -hmm. need faith because we are uncertain and so if you say you certain you saying you don't need faith and so i think it is a misnomer that we believe and that we portray I'll say how we portray certainty, right? Because I'm I'm thinking back to those duality of of emotions. Like I like I know this is my person, right? I know like I'm supposed to love her, or I'm supposed to be in relationship with her for for you know my life. Like I know <laughs> she's my wife, but we don't know like the how long, right? You know, yeah. Th- we don't we don't we don't know and we speak from this place of certainty all the time and that's that's a lie and and last thing i'll say let's be clear who doesn't like certainty right (laughs) who Who doesn't like if you meet a man if i meet a man that i'm excited about and he was like no Kimmy, i'm certain you with i'm certain you the one ain't ain't nobody and and it's like woo bells and whistles and and all this other stuff and um and even like guys I've dated before like so like such a sure thing that's the song such a sure thing yep that's such Miguel sure yep, exactly you know? yep yeah mm-hmm. and um and that's the thing about it it's everywhere it's in our songs it's in our music it's in our culture um and I have come to respect men a little bit in the eye i'm not 100 percent on this but i feel like i've come to respect men who are kind of like let's talk about this right Mm -hmm. yeah 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 (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah let's 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 walk through this you know like i like you i'm and i don't i don't no, I don't know. Let's be clear. I think I would, if a guy was like, and I was feeling him, and he was like, no, Cameo, you it. I think that would make me feel a little bit more comfortable than the guy that was like, let's talk about this. It would, but I I would respect the conversation. Mm-hmm. I would respect the fact that you lived life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, this is where I definitely lean, lean in the slow burn space because I have heard that before. God sent me to you when we about to get married and da, 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 da. Where they at? (laughs) So, you know what I mean? So I, to me, that's along the lines of like love bombing now. So I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Of course it feels good to hear people say how much they're into you or what have you, but can we do that later? (laughs) Like, I don't mm-hmm. need it in the first week. I don't need it in the first week. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, yeah. So I have that question written down. And like I said, once I started talking to um, some married couples on this pod, I'm definitely um, going to bring that up. So with yeah. that, our prediction on Eris and Jasmine, when they get to decision day and pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper say, um, okay, so are you going to stay married or get a divorce? What you think? The don't hide cameo. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Don't hide. <laughs> what they gonna say? Prediction. Ugh. And we're only up to episode, episode. I don't have faith in Eris. Huh? I don't have faith in Eris. I'm gonna say no. Because I don't, I don't think I don't think he gonna step up. If he steps up to the plate, I will be so... I think he may step up to the plate a little bit. Okay. But fully being the person that she wants 
yeah. I, I just, unless yeah. he matures, yeah. because I still think he is yeah. still caught up in in his fantasy of of marriage. But at the same time, I see a little glimmer of hope with the, with the counseling. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I say yep. no. Yep. I say no. The, the, like I said, it was that one moment when Cal, when Pastor Cal, yeah, was talking to him. And I was like, okay, that's the glimmer of hope. But if he doesn't come around to actually being attracted to her, it's not going to work. He's too for the streets. Right. He's too like, I got to have this type of woman. Otherwise, never mind. You know? So, yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Well, did we miss anything? Is there any moment that we didn't talk about that you're like, girl, we, how come you didn't bring up this? Okay, so I know we didn't talk about this couple, but Clint, is it Clint and, and, and the red hair? I think oh, it's he has Gina. red hair. Yeah, he has red hair, and I think her name is Gina. And and you're talking about, because they also are not living together, kind of like Dominique doesn't want to live with McKinley. He, I feel like he, like, is he high? Like, is he on some drugs? <laughs> like, I just because he has said, I feel like some wild, some stuff that just doesn't line up and like the desire to be a center of attention. And it's just like him commenting on her body. I'm like, she, her body is fine. Like, oh, it. Yeah. I don't know. I, that was, that was just something. Yeah. That was the I whole thing. About. And then she doesn't want to live with him. And I haven't really been paying super close attention to them because I've been focused on the three black women, but I did find it interesting. And they brought this up when they sat with pastor Cal is his comment about that. But she also said, I don't usually date genders and I don't like genders and I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm just like, okay, well to me, that's doing the same thing. Even though she tried to, I guess in a sense, gaslight that situation and like, well, the ginger is what we call it in the hair world or whatever. And you're talking about being an athlete and I bet you I can w- run circles around you or whatever. And I'm just like, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah. At first I thought my, my original thought in the first two episodes, I was like, dang, it seemed like the white people are having an easier time than the black people. And I don't like this. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then now, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it got flipped uh, with Clint's comment. I believe that. Yeah. Clint, uh, and Gina. So to me, they're on the same path. Dominique and McKinley are on like, y'all don't even know how to talk to each other. There's no, what are we talking about? So, um, we'll what see what pastor Cal can do. We'll see, like, I'm sure in episode nine and 10, if she actually moves in with him. Um, but I just don't think they like each other. So yeah. <laughs> at least from my yeah. limited, that was- yeah. Cause sometimes I'd be fast forward in their parts. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, okay. okay. Well, that was it. That was that's it. All I had. All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate your uh, conversation from Married at First Sight. So, of course, we're going to do this again. I believe the next episode, I'll have Tyere and we'll, we'll talk about the next three episodes, I think. But we'll have you on again and we'll see if we're right. We'll see where they are the next time we have you. So, thank you, Cameo, for being on Single You the Podcast. You're welcome. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to Single You, the podcast. Did you learn something? Was it a positive experience from you? Did it make you think in a different way? I want to know that. So can you do me a favor? Can you leave me a review? I know that on Apple Podcasts, you can definitely leave a comment and a five-star review. I think you can on Spotify, but I'm not sure about the other platforms. But on Apple Podcasts, it's simple. All you got to do is say, Rika, I learned something or I loved it when you said X, Y, and Z. Or you could say, your guest said X, Y, and Z, and I loved it. You hit submit, five star review boom then i get the review i see it and it helps me play the algorithm game okay the more comments and reviews that i get the more that these platforms push my podcast up for more women like you to listen to this podcast you can go a step further and you can even share this podcast with a friend if you're like yo my friend would love this episode or would learn from this episode it would be positive for her can you share it please all right i'm gonna end on a question a very good question that I got. And I want to read that question and then share my answer um, that I sent to her with you. So here's the question. Just how in general do you know what kind of anything Jesus wants for you, whether it be for love, sex, men, etc.? How do you know? And here's my answer. Number one is to know Jesus is to know how he speaks. And the only way to know how he speaks is by reading the Bible with the intention of wanting to make God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, your best friend. So a lot of people think Beyonce is their best friend, but you've never had a conversation with her. So she is actually not your best friend. Your best friend, you spend time with that person. So you're going to have to spend time with Jesus. And what I mean by that is by reading your word and actually going a step further and reading books about about the word, the word equaling the Bible, I'm reading books about Jesus so you can understand the character of Jesus. Here's what I'll say about the Bible. It's not a rule book and it's not a history book, but it is a book of principles, right? And there are two things that I, like two of my favorite scriptures. One being that the thief, being the devil, came to still kill and destroy, but Jesus came to bring us light. So I'm trying to stay in the light. I don't want to be destroyed. I don't want to be killed. I don't want to be none of that, right? I'm trying to stay in the light. And how do I do that is by understanding how God speaks. And the only way you can understand that is by reading your Bible. And then, and only then, will you know what God is saying, what he wants for your life, what Jesus or the Holy Spirit, whatever you're calling him, wants for your life by cultivating that relationship. And I hope you start today.